when he came to the other side, to the region of the Gadarenes, two men possessed by demons came out of the tombs and met him. They were so fierce that no one could pass that way. Suddenly they shouted, What have you to do with this, son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now a large herd of swine was feeding at some distance from them. The demons begged him, If you cast us out, send us into the herd of swine. And he said to them, Go. So they came out and entered the swine, and suddenly the whole herd stampeded down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the water. The swineherds ran off, and going into the town, they told the whole story about what had happened to the men possessed by demons. Then the whole town came out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they begged him to leave their region. How many people grew up in the beautiful decade known as the 70s? I know if you don't raise your hand, you're much older than that. But uh, I, I grew up in the, uh, the 70s, and it was a, a wonderful time. If, if you're younger than that, um, we had, when I was growing up, about uh, three channels on television. I think that was about it. You had PBS, you had um, uh, CBS, ABC, and NBC, right? So four, four. And the local, I think it was the NBC channel, the local channels at that time uh, would have local programming. And every Saturday night, uh, we would watch at my house Dr. Sanguinary. Does anyone remember Dr. Sanguinary? Yeah. It was out of uh, KMTV3 uh, in Omaha. And every night, this guy would uh, present uh, old horror movies. I think it was actually Dr. Sanguinary was the first time that I ever saw one of the greatest movies of all time, Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. And so it was, and sometimes they were like, um, you know, fun like that, and sometimes they were really ch uh, chilling. Other times they were terrible, and he would even say, tonight's movie is terrible, you know. I think in a, a little while ago, they actually tried to revive uh, this show with, uh, with another actor and everything like that, but this was, this was my favorite. And he would make, um, throughout the 70s, he would make personal appearances, and he would hand out these postcards here. I wish I still had one, but um, my mom... Uh, this is a good tribute to Mother's Day. My mom brought me to one of the uh, personal appearances, and I have no idea even what was going on. I just remember that it was, uh, uh, I was excited that I was going to meet Dr. Sanguinary. And he's outside. I, have, I don't remember if, what was around it or anything. I was really young. This is uh, probably, uh, you know, uh, 75, 76, something like that. And so I was, I was really young. And so... Um, <laughs> but who said yes? <laughs> and he's out like in this outdoor area there, and he's all dressed up and everything. And we get out of the car and we walk up. And the closer I get, the scarier I, he becomes, you know. And I am, by the time that I uh, meet him, he's just handing out these cards and he's saying hello. He had this voice like, hello, how are you? And all that kind of stuff, you know. And... Um, I was terrified. I was really, by the time that I met him, I was terrified. And I remember just taking the postcard and just recoiling back as, soon as, as fast as I could. Even though this was somebody that um, was 
really cool and I really liked him and watching on TV and everything was really neat. Still, meeting him in person was scary. Have you ever met somebody that like that where you've, you've, you've uh, kind of had a vision of them and everything and then you meet them in person and you, you get all nervous and everything like that? It's scary sometimes. Back to our story. Jesus and his disciples uh, have crossed. Last week we talked about how he calmed the, 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 the stormy waters. The stormy waters have calmed and now they are reaching this, this kind of uh, other part of this, so this coastal line, this island. And among the island are tombs. Not unlike this, really. And living among the tombs, this is a graveyard. Living among the tombs are two people, two guys. And the Bible says they are possessed by demons. The demons that they have is rage and anger. And they are violent. And they scare everybody that comes near. People that have approached this uh, place before have left because of these two folks. They are just vicious. And Jesus approaches them. And you know the disciples are a little bit nervous about this. But the two guys, they see Jesus coming. This one guy coming. And they come down to Jesus and they bow at Jesus immediately. And they refer to him, one of the first to refer to him as son of God. And they say, are you here to torture us? It's soon realized that what's speaking through these, these two men or uh, the Bible refers to them as the demons speaking for them. Um, I don't know what your, your thought is on, on demon possession and all this kind of stuff, but I think that sometimes we are possessed by violent nature. Sometimes we're possessed by anger. Sometimes we are possessed by things that uh, forbid us from getting close to people. And that's what was happening with these two guys right there. And they see the Son of God, and they say, are you here to torture us? Immediately, they know, even in their rage, they know that this person that has crossed over to here from the water has the power to do whatever he wants to them. And even these people that spend their life terrifying other people are terrified of this man. And they say, just cast us out, and, you know. And Jesus looks at them, and he sees a herd of swine over here. I don't mean to point over in this direction. Sorry, just <laughs> heard a swine over here. <laughs> and he takes the demons and he throws them into the herd of swine. The swine just go nuts. And they are just filled with all of this fervor and this rage. And they just take off. And they fall to their death. Instant bacon. Now, by the fact that there, were, there was a, herds, a herds person, herdsman, it was herdsman at the time, herds person, uh, herds, he was herding, he heard of swine, he was there, oh boy, talk about walking myself into a corner, he was there, and he sees all of this happen, and he runs off to the village to tell people about it. Now, by the fact that we have this person that is herding hogs at this time, we can surmise that this is not a uh, place of Jewish people, because Jewish people 
no bacon. You know, you can't even look at a pig, you know. Uh, they couldn't even watch The Muppet Show because Miss Piggy was just, you know, just wrong. So, but um, they, so we know that this is a, a, pe a people that uh, the, the religious traditions is probably not something that they are, um, they're probably aware of it, but they don't practice it. They don't know that much about it. And so the villagers are told about what's happened and they all rush to Jesus. They see that the two guys that used to be these horrifying images, I mean horrifying, are not any longer. And they see that the swine have been killed. And they hear the stories of the herdsmen saying that all of this happened where they just, he saw this just go, and just bam. And they say to Jesus, please leave. Please just get out of here. Uh, and so Jesus says, okay, I will. And he gets in the boat, and they sail off. Now, so many times we look at this passage here, and we look at it as, okay, Jesus comes and he saved all these people, and look at these ungrateful people. They look at Jesus, and they don't want him to be there or anything like that. They shoo him away, and that's why we have to protect our religion, because some people are going to kick Jesus out and all of this kind of stuff. But I really want us to put our... Our, our feet in the shoes or the, or the sandals of, or whatever they were wearing, boots of the, uh, the you got to wear boots if you're brazen hogs, right? Put our feet into their shoes. And you just saw all this weird stuff. And you might have heard rumors about this Israelite, which you were not, doing these amazing and magical things. And now he's here. It could be like meeting Dr. Sanguinary in person, where your first instinct is fear. I'm afraid. This is something that I'm, I'm not, I don't know anything about this. All I saw was this thing, and there's this just one guy that is in charge, and the, the horrific people that we've had living in the graveyard are not that way anymore because of this one guy. Would you be afraid? Sometimes we fear things like that. Sometimes we fear things that are so radical and so different and so much of a change that our first instinct is to fear it. And sometimes when we have something in our life that is so abruptly different than what we're used to, our first instinct is to say, could you just leave? I kind of like, you know, the safety of my own, what I, what I know and love. And you're different. Uh, could, you, could you just go? I think it's amazing that even though that they were terrified of this man, he still, uh, he still performed a miracle with those two guys. Those two guys that were, uh, when, when you talk about like things like possession, when you talk about like things like that, you are shackled. You are uh, a slave to that. 
Uh, sometimes it is uh, your own uh, anger, your own fervor, your own uh, tendency for wanting to hate or violence. And what Jesus did is he released them of that, even when the people were afraid of that. That was scary then, and sometimes it's scary now. We don't often talk about the, uh, the scariness of Jesus, but Jesus can be scary because Jesus speaks of something that makes a lot of us uncomfortable, a lot. As much as we like to say that we are, uh, we are Christians, we follow Jesus Christ, our motto is to love God, love ourselves, love our neighbor, we love that kind of stuff, but as minute we go to the store and we see somebody that just bugs us, <laughs> We don't want anything to do with them. Suddenly we forget that. Or some, sometimes we're in traffic, you know, and we think that uh, our life is perfect and we're fine and everything, and some idiot cuts in front of us, and we think, that is part of the problem. <laughs> and sometimes we see people that are just different. Different from us, different from what we were raised, different from the way we look. Our inner bubble, our inner circle, our own island. They just look different. And they make us uncomfortable. And our first instinct is to just say, uh, could you just leave? I kind of like my own. I'm safe. It's what I know. It's how I was raised. And we like to just send them off. And then we like to create this own little, this own little safe zone of our, of our own world, of, of the things that just we know. We don't want to be challenged. We hate gray. We like black and white. We don't want to be questioned. We don't want to just, we don't want to expand. We just want to just be safe again. And even today in this world, we have people arguing this way, and we have people arguing this way, and we have wars, and we have fighting, and we have differences of opinion, we have all of this kind of stuff, and we just want to recoil back, and we just want to be safe, and we want to tell everyone else just to get out, and just leave us alone. And what we don't realize is that the very act of doing that brings ourselves. Almost our own, our own sense of death. Because the minute we start doing that, with us, we stop expanding. We stop learning more about other people. We, start, we stop going more. We stay still. We stay there. We stay in our own tombs. And we don't go further. I don't want to hear your opinion. I don't want to meet you. I don't want to learn more. I want to stay where I'm at. I don't want to expand. I don't want to go into a gray zone. I want black and white. And our life stops. And then when Jesus comes in and teaches us, uh, they will know that you are my disciples by how much you love each other. When Jesus comes in and says, love your enemy, 
When Jesus comes in and takes people that are not even allowed into the city limits and goes to them and heals them to bring them in to where they can be accepted and loved, well, that scares us. And sometimes we don't even know it. We don't even realize it. But sometimes when Christ is calling us to love one another, to be there for one another, to be a community of people that care for one another, we're asking him to get off the island. I don't want to do that. I want to love Jesus. I want to celebrate, you know, I want to celebrate the love of Jesus. But don't make me, don't make me stretch that far. Don't make me stretch outside of my comfort zone. Don't make me work harder than I really want to work. The scariest thing about being a Christian is it's all about being uncomfortable. If you look at the scripture, there are no lazy boy recliners. Did you know that? Nobody is just sitting there and just enjoying the splendor of being a Christian. Everybody that is called is forced outside of their own box, is forced outside of their own comfort zone, is forced outside of their own island, and they are called to stretch beyond beyond that and to seek community and love and kindness beyond our borders beyond our islands. And the question I have for us is, are we, are we welcoming Jesus? Or are we asking Jesus to just get off that island and leave us alone? Many times we can be like the two guys that were possessed. Many times we can be angry. We can be filled with rage. We can see the people that are different or that disagree with us as villains. And I got news for you. Whether we want him to or not, Jesus is working to help us with those demons in our lives. The question is, is do we accept it? Or do we just tell Jesus to get away? You know, I pray that when we, when we go out here, uh, so often, you know, you come to church and you get, uh, hopefully you, you get um, energized and you, you get uh, uplifted by something, either the song, the message, the, the people that you talk with. Um, and sometimes we, we go out there and the world tries to take that energy from us. Uh, I hope we bring that energy out there and share it and build upon it and pay it forward. Loving Christ does not have to be that scary. Love does not have to be that scary. Loving yourself does not have to be that scary. It can actually be joyful. It can actually be wonderful. And it can actually catch on. My thought is that the reason we come here is to get energized, to get uplifted, and then to go out there and change the world.
and I believe we can do it. Um, about two weeks ago, I got a call uh, from a uh, uh, Methodist conference in um, Pennsylvania, and they asked me to uh, move to Pennsylvania and pastor their church. Um, it was a, a church that uh, they said was a perfect fit. Um, I told them no. Be- <laughs> um, because I believe in this. I believe where we are is where we're supposed to be. And I believe this message is the message that the world needs right now. I think there's a lot of anger and a lot of hatred, a lot of division in this world, and a lot of people just feeling pretty darn sad. And my prayer is that we can come here and feel joyful, happy, challenged in some ways, but moved in others. And I pray that we can just take that and minister to the rest of the world. So I'm glad that you're here too. Let's not fear it. Let's go out and celebrate it. Love God, love yourself, love your neighbor.